Hello, everybody, and welcome to Life of Comics, Episode 3. I'm Clay Jonathan, and I'd like you like to welcome you back. And today's topic is about the transitioning from analog art to digital art. And this has been a really big topic for me throughout my entire drawing career. Uh, I started off being 100% analog. That means when I did the comic, I started with basic pens and papers. Nowadays, I'm almost 100% digital art. And it's been a crazy transition for me trying to get used to uh, basically learning how to draw all over again. And I'd like to talk to you about this uh, topic today. And if you have any comments, if you feel that there's anything you'd like to add, or you feel there's something I missed, or even have a question I can talk about in a future podcast, please let me know. Uh, wherever my podcast is, you can go to my homepage, claycomics.com. That's comics with an X. Not a CS, but an X. And you can contact me there. Or go to my Gmail. It's claycomics. That's also comics with an X at gmail.com and you can reach me as well. I'd be very happy to hear what you have to say and if you have any questions or maybe I just said something completely wrong and you need to correct me, that's totally okay too. Uh, I make mistakes and if I make one, please let me know and I'd like to correct it. But anyways, um, a bit of history with my transition from analog to digital comics. Um, when I started doing comics back in 19, well, my, pretty much my entire life, it was always with pen and paper. Uh, the paper changed, the pens changed, but it was basically that. I tried to get my drawings down on paper, and it was just a matter of copying them some form or another. Um, back in 1990, back in the 1990s, early 1990s, I was doing a, a zine with my friend Adam, and I did comics in that zine, and it was basically just uh, draw them, uh, shrink them if necessary. Uh, we spent nights putting the zine together with tape and glue and then we went to Kinko's and got it published, and we thought it was an amazing, really just an amazing thing. And we put out 10 issues of Lost, that was the name of our, our uh, zine. And uh, it, was, it was an incredible experience. I learned a lot. We got into Fact Sheet 5, and we met a number of other artists through Fact Sheet 5 by trading zines and whatnot. It was, like I say, it was a really good experience. And it was a time when there was no internet, so getting in touch with people who are doing the same thing as us was very difficult at the time. Nowadays, it's pretty easy, um, for good and for worse. Um, the good the good now is that you know it is much easier to find people, but the, the sad thing is when I, I do kind of miss going to the mailbox. Pulling out a zine or a comic from somebody across the continent and reading what they have to say and knowing how, well, there, nobody made too many of these zines at the time. So it was kind of like receiving a treasure in the mail. 
something very, very special. And I kind of miss that. But anyways, uh, onwards to 1997, where I discovered the internet. And at the time, I was still drawing with pen and paper. The pens had changed to using Hunt 102s and rapid liners. And the paper was Bainbridge. Uh, expensive pens, expensive paper, but still the basic idea of getting blacks onto white paper. Then uh, I discovered the internet and I realized that I could put my work on the internet. Uh, Well, that seems very easy. At the time it wasn't. I needed this piece of machinery called a scanner. And at the time, scanners were really hard to come by. They're fairly expensive at the time. This is like 1995 to 1997. And my school had one. I was working at a university and there is a scanner there and I could scan my images into uh, big TIFF files. I could download and then I could pull into a program like GIMP and change it into uh, something else that was much easier to upload and see on the internet. And that's basically what it was at the time. And then there were a number of artists who were doing things with Photoshop. It was basically scanning their line art, pulling into Photoshop or Painter or... Uh, well, nobody used GIMP. That was really just me. Or, you know, whatever art program they were using at the time. And do some shading and coloring inside the program to make it a little bit nicer than uploading on. That part of changing from uh, having to finish work on a piece of paper and having the artwork somewhat useful in a way, somewhat finished, but not really finished, but just ready for the next part of the journey, which is what you, how you manipulate it in the computer. That was a really interesting thing for me. Because, well, one thing, you've got the undo key. And with you, when you have a piece of finished art that's analog, um, it is really hard to fix things. Um, if I made a mistake, like a spelling mistake, and God knows I made a few, uh, it was a huge hassle to fix on these big pieces of Brainbridge, or Bainbridge, sorry, Bainbridge paper. And that was not particularly fun. But on the, using, a, having scanned it into a computer, and you can change it digitally, that was interesting. That, you could do a lot of different things with that. It was still annoying when I made a mistake, but not nearly as annoying. And I could make, a, I could fix the mistake fairly seamlessly using digital tools. And that was like really, really interesting for me. So, um, interestingly enough, when I started sending, uh, 60 Losers of the Thin H Line, um, it was all analog. I just basically did everything on pieces of paper, scanned them in. Uh, okay, 
I, like, I still don't know how to scan her. So I was using my university scanner to scan these things. So I had to be a little bit sneaky about it. But basically, uh, the first number of strips were, bas- were, were, were done pen and paper. Um, I went back later and added uh, a bit of digital coloring to them. But for the most part, the first strips were basically just analog. And that's essentially how I did my comics. Uh, there's another comic I did, Aphasia, where the first part was that way, just analog. And instead of doing cell shading on a computer, because I didn't have a tablet or anything like that, I would color it with markers. I'd make a photocopy of the art and color the photocopy with markers and then scan that. And that would be my comic. Interestingly enough, I went back to that very same technique uh, with at the beginning with the Depression comics for a long time. And it worked. It, it worked. But I, I was always kind of jealous of the fellow artists who were just, you know, using their tablets, using their Photoshop and, you know, high price programs in order to make really their art shine even more. And at the time, that's what digital really did. It just made your art shine so much more. Um, I managed to get a tablet and I started digitally coloring my artwork. Again, everything was still analog in terms of drawing. I just scanned in the, the art, pulled it into the computer and colored it in GIMP or Photoshop or whatever I was using at the time. Um, so that was a big part of my journey. I never really got comfortable drawing in the program. I tried, but it just fell to me. I just, it was like learning to draw all over again. When you work on a piece of paper, you are like when you're drawing on a piece of paper, the the lines and everything come out under your pen. And to me, that was much more natural than drawing on a tablet. And you see the lines being drawn somewhere else. On your display or something like that. I could color that way, but Lord, I could not draw that way. So... For the you know for the better part, for a very 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 long time, I just could not get myself to draw in the digital form. It was about uh, 2017, 20, 2016, 2017, where it was getting difficult to find ways to draw. Um, at the time, I was just bringing my pens and paper and uh, everywhere I go. And whenever I had a chance, I'd go to a cafe or maybe at lunch, I'd be drawing at work or something like that and uh, trying to make something to, you know, get, get those lines down on a piece of paper to scan. And everyone was working digitally at the time, even drawing digitally. I was really, really jealous of that. So I said, I, I really 
okay, I have to do this. I have to learn to draw digitally. So I got myself a Surface, a Microsoft Surface Pro 3. And I tried to start drawing digitally. I also bought a book. And at the time I was doing a lot of research because I was really interested about making this, this jump. And one of the books that really, really helped me going was is actually the DC Comics Guide to Digitally Drawing Comics. And it's a book by Freddie E. Williams too. And forward by Brian Boland, who's, yeah, I love his work. I love Brian Boland's work. But this book is, I really, really recommend this book. It's quite out of date in terms of drawing and stuff like that, but it's a book not about how to draw. It's a book about how to use a computer to make comics. And although the program it uses is uh, Photoshop mainly, whatever is written in there applies to any uh, comic program, whether it be Clip Studio Pro or Procreate or whatever you like to use. There are a lot of options right now as to what kind of program you can use. But it, it, was, a, it was a really excellent book and it really opened my eyes to what digital comics can really do. It really opens up the, manage, the imagination. It's not limiting at all. It actually gives you so many options if you just know what to do with them. For example, making backgrounds and adding layer effects and doing colors and adding 3D models into your artwork. There are just so many things you can do in the digital realm that you just cannot do it in analog. And this book, I really recommend the book. Like I say, it's a little bit old. Let's see. It was published in 2009. So, as you can imagine, a lot has happened in the 15 years since this book was published. But, uh, surprisingly enough, there aren't many books like this. There's lots of books about how to make comics. And it'll have sections on using computer. But, there, was, there are very few books that actually... Okay, so you want to draw a comic. Well, if you already know how to draw comics, here's how you do it on a computer. So using this book as a guide, I decided that I was going to make the plunge. I had to force myself to draw digitally. At the time, I still had to draw depression comics, so I decided to make that my platform to push me to draw digitally. And if you look through my comics, there's a really awkward art period around issue 400. The 400s, early 400s, late 300s, where you can kind of see where I'm trying to get my footing digitally. You know, it's very different. With a piece of paper and pen, it's always the same size. The piece of paper you're drawing on, nothing changes. You can't zoom in, zoom out. You can turn the paper around. That's really what all you can do. But on, uh, but digitally, you can do all of that. You can zoom in, you can zoom out, you can change a lot of different things. And I found that very difficult to get used to. And it was really hard to find my style in 
the digital comic book realm. And you can really see me struggle with it in real time on depression comics. But in the end, I think after practicing and forcing myself to make the change, then I'm much more happier in, uh, in the digital world. I enjoy comic, drawing comics much more. My work is much more portable. I can draw anywhere because I got this little, well, not little, it's the, it's the bigger iPad Pro. I can take it anywhere and I can draw anywhere. I can draw on a train, I can draw in a cafe, I can draw when I'm waiting in line. Uh, I can draw at work when I got a break. And, you know, I can draw at home and I'm not carrying a bunch of stationery with me. It's excellent. It just took a lot of getting used to. And that's pretty much my journey through trying to figure out how to draw digitally. But I'm really glad I made the change. It was a lot of work, but now I don't think I could go back to pen and paper. Uh, when you look at those Depression Comics panels, I was drawing panels less than the size of a credit card. Uh, I really like being able to to have a whole canvas in front of me, to zoom in, to zoom out. All those things that really messed me up before, I really, really enjoy. But anyways, I've talked about 17 minutes about my personal journey. And that's not all I want to talk about because, you know, I want to talk about why this is a good idea. First, I'd like to talk about the positives. And of course, any change has positives and negatives. This is no different. And But first, let's look at the positives, you know. It's always important to look at the bright side of life. And one positive is that you have absolute creative freedom in doing anything you want. Uh, not just the undo key. And oh my God, the undo key. It, once you have it, you, you can't go back without it. You know, uh going back with liquid paper and fixing mistakes is not something I miss at all. Um, also digitally, you can color it any way you want. You've got infinite color pots. Uh, you got layers. You, there's lots of ways you can experiment to make your art your own. And that's the thing, you don't have to fear experimentation. If you're already on the digital platform, you know, all those, a lot of brushes, a lot of palettes, a lot of the tools that you need. Once you bought the program and the hardware, it's all free. So if you've got Clip Studio Pro or, you know, or Photoshop or whatever program you're using, there are just hundreds and thousands and lots of different tools that you can use, you can play with. In a way, that's actually kind of a negative because there's way too much to play with. And I have struggled that I've done something I really liked. When I go back to do it again, I've forgotten how to, how I did it. And of course, having like hundreds of brushes in your Clip Studio Pro panels and stuff like that never really, really helped. But you do have creative freedom. Uh, there, the different programs have different tools to help you. For example, Photoshop has AI, for better or for worse. 
uh, Clip Studio Pro, or the X version, has a lot of 3D tools. And you can import 3D objects into your artwork. There's mannequins you can pull right into your, your panels so you can you have a reference for drawing. There's lots of things you can do. Also, digital art is versatile. Once you have your art in the digital platform, it's just easy to use. You can upload it easily anywhere. You can crop it. You can make Instagram reels. Uh, you can just transfer it anywhere. You don't need a scanner. You don't need to clean up your artwork afterwards. It's, it's really versatile. And that is something that is, like I say, once you get used to, it's really hard to, to get away from that. Um, also, a long time ago, you needed a tablet for your computer. Uh, yeah, some people still do. Uh, tablet is really the best way. I've got a, uh, I've got a Wacom tablet. I, I actually, I don't really use. I'm almost always on my iPad. My Surface Pro can also do art, but I'm going to be honest. The iPad Pro is just a million times better than the Surface Pro. And now that I'm used to doing everything in the iPad Pro, it's really hard to get off it. It is just so convenient, just so amazing. Um, anyways, also another positive is time efficiency. Um, this is a bit hard to describe, but in many ways, doing things digitally just saves you a lot of time. For example, um, if I'm doing a series of panels and they look kind of similar, I just, you know, get, get a, you know, make a copy, copy, paste, copy, paste. You can do that in the digital world too. And that's saves some time as well. But personally, I don't like to copy and paste art. I like to redraw it whenever possible. So I'll use the, I'll copy and paste it, but I'll use the pasted artwork as a layer to trace on top of so that I can still make it seem like it's not a pure copy paste. But there's lots of ways to save time with, on the digital platform. One thing, you don't need to scan it. <laughs> you don't need to transfer it anywhere. And I'm sure with AI tools, things will get a lot smoother. I know Clip Studio Pro uh, put in a feature that'll automatically color your artwork for you. I've tried it, the results were awful, probably because they don't know how to work, they didn't work it very well or anything like that. But I'm pretty sure that more and more tools are gonna come out to make it a lot easier and faster to get your artwork out there. So those are the three major positives about transferring to, um, to the digital world. There's probably a lot more, um, but I've already talked for 23 minutes. It's time to go on to the negatives. And these are the challenges and considerations that you have to make when you go into the digital realm. The first one, and oh my God, this is really the biggest especially if you just spent most of your life drawing on paper. 
and that is the learning curve. Okay? Um, there is a learning curve involved in digital art. Not to say there isn't a learning curve in learning how to draw, because there is certainly a learning curve in that. But adapting to software and hardware is a challenge, especially if you're using programs like Photoshop or even worse, Clip Studio. Okay, I bought an early version of Clip Studio. I think it was called Comic Studio way back in the early 2000s. And I bought it. It was totally Japanese. I could not read Japanese at the time. I thought I could do something with it. And uh, there are a couple panels in Sexy Losers where I did actually use the 3D features and stuff like that. But uh, I could not get it to work for me. Not that it didn't work. It was just it was just so strange, and there were so many options, and I, I couldn't figure it out. It was really hard to sit down and figure that figure that program out. And that is a program you have to sit down and figure it out. Photoshop is the same way. So actually, when I made the jump from uh, uh, analog to digital. I jumped into Photoshop first and I started drawing in Photoshop and then I went to Clip Studio. Just because Photoshop is difficult as it is, it's still a lot easier than Clip Studio Pro. Clip Studio Pro is an amazing program. Once you get used to it, it does a lot of incredible things which which have helped me so much. But it's not the first step in your <laughs> comic making journey. That is for sure. Uh, if you can do it, good luck. It is, a, like I say, it's a great program. I don't think there's a better comic making program on the planet. It is really the best. It, gets, it keeps being better and better and better. But it's a monster. Anyways, yeah, there's a learning curve involved in that and also as I say like um, now it's not so bad you can you know uh, you have tablet displays and stuff like that which make it a lot easier to um, to get involved and that brings us to our, the next negative which is when you're drawing you're kind of disconnected from the physicality of it you know when you're drawing you feel it you have a tactile sensation and when you draw in traditional media, you hear this, you know, you hear it. You hear the pen scrape the paper, you, you know. You, you hear the eraser get rid of the pencils. You know, every tool has its own sound and it feels very different. And it's a really cool thing. And there is none of that when you are working in the digital realm. It is all, you're using the same pen, the same display, you're just getting different kinds of lines and colors out of it. So a lot of people may say that, you know, you get less of a emotional connection to the work. I kind of disagree with it. You know, the, I, and I know the process is important, but the final, the final picture is the most important, right? So 
that's a bit odd. And like I say, with me, it took me a long time to get used to it. And I sort of had to force myself to get used to it. I'm really glad I did. A third negative is that now you're doing everything digitally, you are dependent on technology. Uh, you are dependent on your hardware working. You are dependent on your hard drives being uh, healthy and not corrupting and losing your data. Uh, you have to back up everything. And also, like, there have been times I've left my pen at home, my Apple pen at home. Then I can't draw. And <laughs> uh, if I was doing pen and paper, I just, you know, oh, crap, I, I forgot my pen. I'll just go get one from the store and I won't lose all this time. But if I forget to charge my iPad, if I forget my pencil home or something like that, you know, I can't do work for the day. Or, you know, you lose data and stuff like that. It's... You know, it's really an important thing to back up your work and just make sure that all your hardware and software is in good working order all the time. Oh, so that is those are the three negatives. So the next part I'd like to talk to you about is now you got to find sort of a balance. Um, some people do what's called a hybrid approach, and Freddie Williams, too, mentions it in his book. Uh, drawing on the piece of paper, maybe doing the inks and the coloring on the computer. Let me back up. Sorry. You do the pencils and layouts on paper, and you do the inking, the coloring, all that on the computer, which is what I did for a long time. It's, it's cool. And... You know, a lot of people just feel better with that. And that's that's one thing you can do. Um, another thing about trying to find balance is that one thing that I've really noticed is that there are like, you know, like I said, there's hundreds of thousands of brushes out there. But when you draw, you kind of find your own style. Now the brushes are amazing and stuff like that, but I found that a lot of these brushes that you can get just do not match with my style. And they kind of pull you out of the comic when you see something in a comic that is not quite the same style as what the artist has been drawing all along. So, uh, what can you say about that? A lot of times what I'll do is I'll do things with brushes and then I'll trace on top of the brush using my own pen and style on top of it just to keep things consistent. With all these tools and stuff like that, it's really hard to keep your, you know, your style consistent. Um, yeah, that is, uh, that is kind of a negative. But you sort of have to find the balance between your style and the tools that you work with. Because your tools are going to change what your style is. But you don't want those tools to change your style too much. So there's a lot of crazy brushes out there. 
But the best thing to do is just to use them minimally and only use the ones that really kind of match with the style that you are, that you are currently drawing in. Another thing is uh, to, to find balance is to learn. One thing I've been doing is I watch a lot of tutorials. A lot of tutorials don't really apply to the things I want to do, but it's just really good to hear other people talk about their, uh, their digital creative journey. Uh, it helps me. Sometimes there's an idea, sometimes there's a thought or a process that I can use or think about or adapt into my daily life. And um, there's like thousands of YouTube videos about this kind of thing. And I highly recommend searching them out. Uh, or if you're on Patreon, subscribe to a couple, you know, a couple of other artists who work you like, and you feel that you can learn from them, which is something I do. Um, never stop learning. Using these tools is, you know, using these tools is pretty incredible, but there's always going to be someone who knows it better than you. And they're the people you have to listen to because they're going to help you and make your digital life a little bit easier. Um, that's really about all I can say about uh, this topic. Um, myself, as I've said, changing to digital changed my drawing career. And I don't know if it helped or anything like that uh, for the audience or anything like that. I don't know if they enjoy my work no more. I know my style has changed. Um, I don't want to draw in tiny little credit card boxes anymore. Uh, I want to draw what I see in my head more. And to me, the digital way is the best way to do this. It can be expensive. I should have put that actually in the negative part, actually. Uh, digital drawing is expensive. You can get, you know, ta display tablets fairly cheaply, I think, for like three to from $300. Um, so the price is coming down. I highly recommend a digital display tablet rather than one of those pads. Uh, I just, it, for me, it was just really hard to make the, the connection between what was going on in my hand in one place and what was going on the screen in another place. I could color that way, but Lord, I could not draw that way. Also, computers that can handle this, can, can handle tablets being plugged in and the resources it takes, that's going to cost some money too. Just, yeah, digital is just going to cost. Of course, like I'm saying, I'm sitting here with an iPad Pro, the largest one, and <laughs> uh, I switched from a smaller one to a bigger one because 
I realized I needed the, I needed the bigger space to draw and I, w- I, mean, I wouldn't go back. Uh, I see the smaller iPad Pros now and it's like, I know I couldn't draw on that. So the, the cost is going to be a big part of the problem in uh, changing to digital. But I highly recommend it. Anyways, if you have any questions about this, uh, you can send me an email at claycomics at gmail.com. If you have any suggestions as to resources and stuff like that, like I said, I mentioned them in one book, the DC Comics Guide to Digitally Drawing Comics, a wonderful just start to my digital drawing career. The book is obviously out of print right now, is old. you know, it doesn't even cover like anything like Clip Studio Pro or anything like that. There, there has been a lot of new stuff that's come out since then. Uh, but in terms of being a, a book for right for uh, artists who already know how to draw but just want to make the jump to computer, I don't think there's a better book. So this concludes the podcast and. If you have any questions, comments, or you just want to say I'm wrong, you can send me an email at claycomics at gmail.com. I also have a Discord. You're welcome to join my Discord as well. Please go to claycomics.com, look for the Discord link, and you can join me in the Discord. I'm in there at least once a day. And there's a special channel, a Life of Comics channel, for you if you want to talk about this podcast or you want to give me an idea or just tell me I'm wrong and shut up. Either way, totally fine. Anyways, I'm going to see you in the next podcast. For now, thank you for listening, everybody, and I'll talk to you soon. All right, take care and happy Valentine's Day. Mwah. <laughs>